0: Everyone and welcome to episode eight of the Auto Guide Show. I am back, I'm feeling much better this week. Uh, my name's Jody. Here we have Sammy and Sebastian, and uh, we're gonna try a bit of a new format this week because it was suggested by you guys. So we're now going to do half hour episodes every single week, and they will drop every Friday on YouTube or your favorite podcast player. Um, so let us know if you like it, and don't forget to like and subscribe and all that good stuff. Um, this week we're going to be talking about the Volvo S60 and the Nissan Kicks and maybe some other stuff if we have time, Yeah. but uh, we're going to start off with a user question and this one comes from Peter Gonzalez. He, his wife is going to buy a new subcompact crossover. She's cross-shopping the uh, Subaru Crosstrek, the Honda HR-V and the Nissan Kicks. Okay. They said safety is very important and they don't necessarily need all-wheel drive.
1: Okay, I think that's a very easy question to answer. Um, even though all-wheel drive is not a huge concern for him, I would say that the, the Crosstrek is probably the best bet, especially because the IIHS has already given this vehicle a top Safety Pick Plus rating. Um, it's got that great eyesight system, which uh, includes adaptive cruise control, automatic... Um, what is it called? From automatic braking. Right. Um, blind spot monitoring. There's even automatic rear automatic braking if you're about to back into something helpful stuff all around, Um, and I think that Subaru's put a pretty good safety package around their vehicle. And the Cross Track has a lot of those features, even though it's one of the more entry level vehicles yeah. in the planet. I also
0: really like the way it drives. Besides it being like a little bit slow, it drives yeah. really nicely. As long as you don't
2: need to get anywhere in a hurry, and you never need to see it, it's great. Well, no, the other really... two are like yeah. that
0: as well, though. Like kind the HRV yeah. is pretty slow, and the Kicks isn't all that fast either. The HRV,
2: I yeah, well, it's less said about that the better. I right. I really like the Nissan Kicks. I was super surprised by. Sammy and I were driving one yesterday. It's so much fun it's a little less safe than or the rating is a little worse than the uh cross Mm tracks but also gets very good uh ratings and Mm -hmm. looks adorable two tones it is cute
0: yeah and
2: feels really zippy
0: it's really fun spoiler alert
1: for later when we actually talk about the yeah well anyway
0: thank you for your question peter and uh, if any of our audience has questions make sure to email us at tips at autoguide.com or maybe leave a comment on the youtube video or the post on autoguide Uh, And since you guys were so ready to talk about the Kicks, why don't we just continue? Well,
1: Sebastian's right. There is a lot to like (laughs) about the Kicks. Um, Except for one of the problems that I have with it, it's not available with all-wheel drive. (laughs) Um, And I don't know, quality-wise, like um, just the way it feels, the materials, the kind of sounds within the cabin, a little bit um, on, on the inferior
2: Side of things. That is, uh, yeah, you're right. Materials about that. are nice,
1: but touching things and like there's a lot of
2: rattles, it's some of the panels don't look quite right. When I, I did make the window go up at one point, and when it hit the top, the a whole fall. door yeah. flexed, and oh, I was like, oh, wow. okay, so there's like, there's some cheapness going on, but it mm-hmm. is also a very cheap car. Like it starts it's at like 17 something. 17. Starts at 17,000, and the one that we have, which is the fully
1: loaded, I believe, SR model, um, it, it only year. rings in at
2: around $25,000. A very affordable That's vehicle. Good. And it's so much fun. Like, it feels like the type of car where if you pulled the handbrake, it would just go spinning, doing 360 <laughs> down the road. Like, it's really, it's just. That's how you have fun, hey? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like a curling stone.
0: And I don't think it's that big of a deal that it doesn't come with all wheel drive because I don't think you need all wheel drive even if you deal with bad weather and stuff right. like that.
1: Um, I think w- with, our, with the video that means Sebastian shot, with the kicks, we, we, we go into that in, in more detail. But you're right, you don't always need all-wheel drive, and in fact, this car with 1.6-liter four-cylinder engine makes 125 horsepower. That would, if you added all-wheel drive to that, it would increase the weight. Yeah. It would it would struggle trying to send yeah. that power the to, to all four wheels. The fuel economy would suffer. Oh, yeah, the fuel economy as well would Which suffer. It is so. a
2: very light car. Yeah. It weighs like 2,600 pounds or something Yeah, like that. about
1: 2,700 pounds. Less, yeah. Very lightweight car. That means it gets good fuel economy, mm-hmm. And it's actually quite responsive and fun to drive. And I it only really needs tiny time.
2: little brakes, and you're gonna stop real hard, and you're like you get up in a hurry. 125 horsepower does not sound like an impressive figure, but when you have very little weight around you, it's like it's it's a blast. Yeah, I
0: mean, and you don't need a lot of power to have fun in a car. I think yeah. part of the fun of the kick is that you can drive the beans out of it, and it's not gonna yeah. kill you, exactly. right? Yeah.
2: If that thing came with a manual, that it would be. A, Blast! That thing would be so much fun. That's
0: a good point. Does it come with a manual in other markets? I'm
2: not sure, but the ones that we have is that CVT. Um, Which, I don't know. As far as CVTs go, not the worst. I know we all have our opinions about. It wasn't CVTs. that bad.
0: I didn't think it was that bad. It wasn't as bad as like the HRVs. I mean, it
2: wasn't it was like, even as bad as the uh, the uh, sport. What is it? Not the test drive, but the road sport. Is oh. What you, is, yeah. Um, I will say that it
1: is. I mean, you notice it. You know that it has a CVT. You hear it. That's And this is one of the problems that I do have with the cars. It's quite loud. Especially in comparison mm. to, say, I think the Kona isn't that loud.
0: The Kona's a bit more refined all around, mm-hmm. but it is a little bit more expensive than the Kicks.
1: Uh, yeah, a fully loaded Kona, because it can be had with a turbocharged engine and all-wheel drive, will set you back around $30,000. Yeah, exactly. Mm.
0: But it is really good. And I've said it before, and I think the Kona is one of, if not the best subcompact crossover on the market right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's really good. So uh, maybe Peter Gonzalez can check that out too, if you're interested. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um. And they're both doing fun things with colors. I really liked the the two tones on both cars. I think the kits the black with the sort of coppery roof is really good i'm looking at the ihs one which is blue with a white roof it they look great i love that yeah. i like
0: that more and more automakers are doing that I, yeah it's really, really fun. funky yeah
1: i'm glad that you brought up the iihs with the um kicks this has been given a top safety pick rating by the iihs day. not a plus um and they've rated two things that could use some improvement one passenger side and the small overlap uh, crash test which to be fair are acceptable. It's tough. Yeah, it's, it's not like devastating. It wasn't bad yeah. yeah, but a lot of automakers a lot of automakers and a lot of small cars have difficulty with that with that crash test in particular The other one is a little bit more curious It's about the headlights and they cause a little bit too much glare to oncoming traffic and me and Sebastian speculated This might be because it's kind of on a rise uh, Raised ride height in comparison to say a more the usual yeah. body style of a hatchback and that might cause some issues as well.
2: Well, you, you and I both. Well, we all drive cars that are like, you know, passenger cars, and when like anything, any SUV or truck comes up behind you, it's like it fills the both well, mirrors with light and is blinding and dazzling. I mean, you and
1: Jody both drive hatchbacks and they have yeah. a, they have a lot of weird glass. I have a I have a very low yeah. sports car and I notice whenever a truck is behind me I am instantly blinded. Yeah. I can't right. do much. Well,
0: even if a hatchback pulls up behind you, it's
1: a big... I don't have a slammed car. <laughs> it's right? really
0: small. It's anyway. so short. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but should we get back to the kicks? The kicks. I mean an, another vehicle that I, I I was very impressed with. I didn't expect it to be as endearing as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something about it. Every time you get in it, you fire up the engine. You, the moment you step on the throttle, it is it, it is ready to go.
0: It's yeah. a little bit jumpy, though.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I think that's what I think that has to do with how light it is, and I think that adds to that charm. It's very rare to find a car with charm, and I think this has some. Yeah, yeah.
0: it definitely has a personality, and in its segment, that's a very rare thing to have. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah,
1: people yeah, talk about apparently,
2: the- Pardon. Talking about the HRV with no
0: personality whatsoever. It has the personality
2: of a bean. Or yeah, the Chevy Trax same yeah. deal. No personality there.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, and uh, this is a very important part. Uh, just because you're 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 getting an affordable car does not mean you should not have some fun with it.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree.
1: Um, one of the other things I wanted to add is the steering is a little light, but again, it's super like tossable. It's very. Yeah. You don't feel like it's vague in that sense. No. Yeah. But you end up still still enjoying it. Um yeah, overall really affordable, yep. fuel efficient, um cute. Yeah. Yeah, it
0: hovering, is. charming,
2: kind of adorable. It's got a
0: lot going for it, which, which we were it. actually really surprised about.
2: Yeah, I think I think
0: going into it, a lot of people were like, oh the kicks, and they eye rolled, but it was actually really good. So yeah, I think mm-hmm. the, the ability to surprise us is important. It's <laughs> not a little
2: box, essentially. No, it's, it's not, not a box. Right. It's true. And and you're right, it does have some cheap materials, but it's sort of Okay. Makes up for it by actually right. being cheap. Do you want to talk about some of the, the things that we found
1: that were like just? There's some eyebrow-raising issues we had with it. And they're not like devastating problems.
2: Well, like the window switches are like. Mm, no, no. When I, it to, and... when I got into the car,
1: when I got into the car, the it has new formats mats because we're we're approaching oh, winter. Yeah. The hooks that hold the the floor mats in place, one of them broke out. There's just a hole there now. And I can see through the
2: hole, into the sound deadening, and the, the and then, metal.
0: Oh, right, okay.
2: Also, right behind the hood, where like, the the windshield wipers rest, the plastic and the body paneling aren't connected. They're not flush. And it's on both sides. So you're like, is this broken, or is this just how it left the <laughs> yeah. factory? Right. You no, know, talk about when we open the hood. <laughs> so when you open the hood, we all expect to see like a a, a prop. A prop. Yeah, yeah, something to prop up the hood. This one, for some reason, Nissan connected it to the actual hood, except that the little, the latch, little latch doesn't fit in. The, the, the prop, prop doesn't fit into the latch. So when you open the hood, there's just They're a metal like, bar flying like, all, like, up, flopping oh. all over. the so I thing. don't
1: know what the scoop is with our particular model, but yeah, it was it was especially weird when you open the trunk and this like this like prop is like swinging out towards you. And, and it you're it like wait, makes it
2: kind of hard to close the hood too. It yeah, doesn't you know, like you're trying to shove it and like close the hood. You have to like, coordinate a yeah. little bit
0: okay well that's interesting so
1: like I mean like I said before quality maybe um, attention to detail might not quite be might not really be there in the in the kicks favor but the rest of the car is full of charm and uh, and some kooky stuff yeah. that I think
0: okay.
1: ended up making a little bit more positive
2: than negative.
0: Cool um, <laughs> so let's talk about another car that we were actually really surprised by yeah. the Volvo S60 and V60 actually right?
2: Yeah, yeah I drove the V60 yeah, as well. Yeah so
0: uh, I actually drove it this week for the first time and you did last week yeah. Uh, what were your initial thoughts on I
2: that? Well, I like new Volvos. I think they're all really good, but I every Volvo that I've driven since the XC90 has been kind of like, yeah, this it's is the, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Oh, come on. That XC40 is extremely different. With the
0: exception of the okay, XC40. Okay. Even the XC40,
2: fine. I don't find that different. Like, the interior materials are different, but just the experience of driving it is like, yeah, this feels sure. like a Volvo. Hmm. The S60, on it, it feels really good. Like, it drives really well. And I think it's because they realize that in the segment that they're in, they're going to have to have some yeah. performance bona fides and they, yeah, they, they really impressed me it was a much better trip. I
0: was really surprised by the steering actually yeah. because every Volvo that you get into you could do the one finger yeah. steering which you yeah. always do and you get a lot of hate for I it I in the video but, but you're making a point so I let it slide <laughs> um and so this one it's heavy enough that you can't do that and no. it's and that makes it a little bit more engaging and I think yep. a bit more in line with the rest of the sportier sedans Absolutely. in the segment. And it's
2: not the sportiest sedan in the segment by any stretch. No. But it's just, it, 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 it can hang, you know? Yeah. Like in a, on a nice road, on a nice day, it feels really good. You can carve, you can sort of like, and it feels rhythmic and nice. And it's, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the, the I drove the T8 um, the, wow. uh, Polestar Engine. That, like, 400 plus? 415 plus? horsepower. Yeah, Jeez. feels really fast. It is, and it's got the Olin's dampers which aren't yeah. quite as fancy, because you can't do, like, you can't have sport suspension and whatever suspension, but on the other hand, they're just properly set they're up. They're just really good. They're just well set up, and they have three-way valve, three-flow valves, anyway. Yeah.
1: Is this like the olden dampers in the older Polestar versions of the S16 and v 60 where you could adjust them if you got underneath the car or something? Yeah, this one is oh, in,
2: under the hood, you th- Oh, much easier front oh cool. in front, and in back, you do have to get under Oh, okay, it. so same thing. Yeah, yeah same okay. thing. Um, So probably don't mess with that because it's like you're going to be tempted to and then you're going to ruin it. But uh, yeah, it is just really well set up. And it's like it's uh, the suspension is really stiff when you're going when it moves slowly and really soft when it moves quickly, which means that if you hit a bump or you hit a pothole, it's really compliant. But around a corner, it's really stiff, and yeah. it makes you feel stable cool. and good.
0: I also really loved the way it looks. And I yeah. know like their design language is, like we're all used to it, mm-hmm. but the S60 still looks really handsome as a sedan. It looks like it's very classy and proper. It is.
2: It's a good-looking car. It is my least favorite Volvo right now. I st- I, In yeah. terms of design? In terms of design. Really? I, I don't mm. find that, uh, that arch over the back wheel particularly nice. I think it's kind of...
0: Like they're trying too hard? I think it's just,
2: it it, it stands out to me Mm -hmm. and not in a good way because it's a really minimalist design otherwise. And it's like really, again, the the profile is handsome and like it's got all of the good-looking Volvo stuff. But I'm just, there are some things about it where I'm like, it still looks a little wedgy to me. It still looks a little this. But, I mean, this is all understanding that it's from it's a base very handsome car like it's still a good looking car well
1: one of the things that surprised me about the s60 was the interior and you can get a very unique interior option that those plaid seats that really stand oh, out Oh yeah, uh, i think those are only in the v60 but yes oh, okay that's the one yeah and uh, i think that's a really good way of making the volvo stand out further from yeah. the german and japanese competitors yeah it's,
0: i mean they do a really good job with their interiors anyway because they feel different and yeah. they're not like, they're not as boring or sterile as the German interiors. And they're so they're so not yeah.
1: as exuberant as the Lexus. They're IS. a lot more
0: like toned down and conservative, yeah. but they did it really well. Yeah. Um, the only thing I wish they would really fix is the infotainment system. Like I see where they're going with it. It has this big tablet-like touchscreen yeah. and it's like, you know, it's okay, but it, they need to make it more user-friendly, yeah. uh, and I think they have to put a lot more effort into that, because they're getting a lot of complaints.
2: And I think, well, again, I said in my review, it's kind of mystifying that Volvo, the company that is all about safety, has maybe, the the one that I, ha- I have the most trouble working, like. Safely. Right. The road because everything's buried beneath the menu. Yeah, yeah. and, if and you like, want the it, font is really small. The font is really small and you're like, oh, which, you gotta go like, yeah, which was it left or right? Or was it
1: like my question is how should they address this issue? Could they should they make the buttons massive, like the, the touch buttons like huge? Should they make shortcuts so that all of your favorite functions are a little bit closer to Oh
2: so they they have a little bit of that. Like on the main menu they have their you know, patented four tablet, yeah. four button thin. Which is okay, but I think that those should be permanent buttons. I think that if you're gonna if you're gonna be saying that those are four really important things, have them where I can find them every time. Okay. I don't wanna have right. to swipe left or go in through a sub menu. I wanna be able to reach and just hit that. Because mm-hmm. like having to swipe through menus, I know that you will eventually these things are supposed to eventually become second nature, but the kind of like you've gotta do some reasoning and you've gotta look and mm-hmm. it's yeah. just the, the
0: reason why it takes too long is because we're all used to to how tablets operate, like an iPad or something like right. that, or cell phones, and like really just to make it more user friendly, you just have to make it operate like a smartphone, yeah. But, and then everyone would immediately know how to use it. Well, anyway.
1: I'm not so sure because when I use my smartphone, I'm staring at it. Like I have to look at my. Maybe I'm the only person. There's very few things I can do on my smartphone without looking. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think you you it's muscle memory, so you know it enough, or like you could unlock it yeah. just by glancing. You don't have to stare at it. Like, you can glance, look up, and finish your thing, and then continue working on your phone. Okay. Well, I
2: think that the other problem with this is that um, even though, even if you have that Ford tablet thing like on the main menu, like, if you're mm-hmm. in navigation, yeah. it's gone. Yeah. True. And if you need to adjust your seat, everything goes away. And if you need to do anything, then it's, things it's are disappearing the, It's
1: on one you. of the things that, if we're gonna talk about infotainment system, I wanna talk about my Ford Touch, which is an ancient version of Ford's infotainment system and the way they did it was similar they had had four permanent yeah, touch buttons monstrous. in the corners mm. so if you went to navigation which was i think the top right corner if you wanted to go back to climate you just pressed the top left corner it was they were always there no matter what like subscreen you were in yeah. and i found that to be a very important feature of the car yeah. it's no longer like that with my, with think 3 and it was something that i i wish more automakers would do especially with the touchscreen system i think the only person who has like a permanent screen is UConnect. I think has that permanent uh, tray on the bottom. Yeah, yeah that'd be work. That would work really well too. So I find that's a that's a big issue for for me in particular.
2: I even like auto lighting systems where they have a no. few buttons on the side. No, okay, you're not a fan of these.
1: Man, we had this Jetta, and remember how long it took for us to try to change the ambient lighting? <laughs> that's true.
2: So That wow. was a, a nearly impossible, but no. But the the radio, the nav, every, all those the things that you do while you're driving are always there.
1: My issue is that there's a settings for each one of those things That's true. That, that I is. didn't know where to find, other than going into. If I wanted to change the sound settings, instead of changing it in the settings, the sound in the sound submenu, <laughs> I have to go to the music. Only the music can hear it. <laughs> you know it. what I mean? Like granted, that is yeah. They, they it was just a, a jumble. It was a, a bit confusing, and I found myself frustrated in searching for things. That's fair enough. Uh, one of the Vol- one of the Volvo's. Greatest of assets is that digital gauge cluster. Now I haven't been in the um, the S sixty that you guys drove. Is it there that big digital
2: mm-hmm. display? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the same as it ever was. It's again, I find it a little difficult to uh, control because none of the buttons on the steering wheel have any. There's no there's information no, on. Right. Um, so they're completely
1: blank. D pad, directional pads. And yeah. You're just supposed to guess whatever they do.
2: Well, I don't know which, which yeah. side does what. So,
1: as soon as I find a way to put the map on the digital gauge cluster, I'd never touch it again. Just yeah, basically.
2: Yeah. Oh, and the, the, I think their solution to that is just not to have that much uh, changing on it. Like, you, they, yeah. you don't have that many options on the digital yeah. dash anyway. So, it's kind of. And that feels, yeah, that's simpler and that makes the system easier to use. But also, you have the screen that you're kind of doing nothing with. So, mm-hmm. that is a little bit disappointing. But I don't know, I guess erring on the side of caution is probably better on that. Right.
1: Would you take this car over a C-Class, over a 3 Series, or what else is strong in the segment? The A4? Um, I would take it over the 3 Series. Um, The current one, but there's a new one coming out. Okay, actually, I I should take this back. I think the most interesting new sports sedan in the segment is the Genesis G70. Yes. And this is the car that I think Volvo has to really it's knock like, it out of the park. Both of these are, are brands trying to get people's attention with a brand new product. Working really right. hard to... So, and we, we're we very impressed with the G70. I really like yeah, the G70. Yeah, I'm driving
0: one right now. It's great. I drove it uh, four and a half hours to go to Michigan. Mm-hmm. And it was it was great. It's sporty. It's luxurious. It's everything I want. It's user-friendly. Mm. It's,
1: what is it that the Volvo is not?
0: I think it might come down to pricing, honestly. I have a feeling that, well, they haven't released pricing yet for the S60, right, or the V60?
2: The S60, not the V60, but the S60, they do have pricing on, I can work that
0: up. Okay, I'm just not sure if it's, I have a feeling it might be more expensive than the Genesis. Okay. Because the Genesis makes a really strong value play, which okay. is not something that Volvo always does.
1: Well, one of the interesting parts is the most powerful Genesis G seventy makes three hundred and sixty five horsepower. It's a very fast vehicle. It yeah. does zero to sixty in like four and a half seconds. With the V but this
2: T eight Volvo sounds nuts. Yeah, it makes four hundred and fifteen yeah. horsepower, and a lot of that is uh, in the lower end oh, is electric. Yeah, so it really feels fast. Um, it starts uh, the T eight starts at fifty three thousand. And the T6 starts at 40,000.
0: Okay. That's not bad. Yeah,
1: that's reasonable. Actually, um, 415 horsepower, it's only 10 away from, like, a BMW M3. Uh, or something like that. Maybe I don't know my, my M3 numbers as much as I thought I would, but that's pretty impressive.
2: It's, it's a lot of power. And even if you don't get the Polestar Engineered, it's still 400 horsepower. And a uh, plug-in hybrid with, the, the, not EPA numbers, but it's, like, 21-ish uh, miles of okay. electric conveyance. Okay. So you know that's pretty cool, and it does seem to be focused on the experience rather than the the electric the electric drive. So, yeah. well, I mean, I can tell. I think
1: the I I do think it's a little wild that you said that the Volvo is not the prettiest. The S sixty is not the prettiest Volvo to you. No, um, I think it's better looking than the Genesis. I think. See, I think
2: the Genesis is better looking.
0: Um. I think it's just two different vibes. Like yeah. I like the way they both look because they're they take a different approach from Absolutely. what everyone else is doing. But it's hard for me to decide which one is prettier than the other. They're they're just pretty for different reasons. I think. Mm-hmm.
1: In in this segment, my favorite is the C class. To me, that's what a sports sedan should be like. It's a very classy, luxurious car. Mm-hmm. Um, a very nice interior, and the drive experience is totally. I wouldn't say anonymous, but it's good. It's like very good. Yeah, enough.
0: I think the the big pull with something like Genesis or Volvo is for the people who want something different. Absolutely. Like they don't want one of the German big three just because that's what everyone else does. Right. So if you're looking for something that's a bit more unique and you want to stand out a bit more, I think the Genesis and the Volvo can both do that for you.
2: And you're really not suffering for making that choice to no. be different. Like you might even be gaining something, it, depending on the car you buy it instead of.
0: I think you would too. You would. Well, they're more affordable than yeah. the Germans and I, I put a lot of points behind like being cool I mean, yeah. looking and looking cool. A lot of ser- <laughs> there's
1: a lot of services to come with both of these automakers. Genesis has um, an interesting delivery service I think at least in Canada mm-hmm. where they deliver this car to you in a glass case. It's pretty impressive. Well it's full
0: service. They'll pick it up for servicing, oh, so give you a replacement while they're working on it and, and there's no dealers either like you can just do it right from your home if you and, want.
1: And then Volvo, well they're going to be offering this subscription services care by Volvo assuming they can get it you know smoothly off the ground because I hear that there's been some hiccups but this is another really interesting service for for new car buyers who are looking for a luxury experience that's different than all the other automakers in this in this class Mm -hmm.
0: I'd agree yeah for sure Mm -hmm. I mean like I'd I'd get I'd get it over I'd get the genesis over whatever like Acura or Lexus products.
1: I mean, you're, you're, the Acura is a pretty low bar. I mean, I get a lot of cars. I mean, I get a lot. I get an Accord 2.0T over an, Ac- an Acura. Yeah, I would yeah. too. So, but they're
0: playing in that sphere. Like Acura is supposed to be the luxury arm of Honda, right? And mm-hmm. so they're the Genesis equivalent. Is anyone cross shopping an Acura and a Genesis? I would always pick the Genesis. Yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely, absolutely. Anything else?
0: Um. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's it.
1: That's it. OK. So that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you again for watching. And we're trying a whole new format really, where you'll see us way more often than usual. And if you want to stay up to date on that, I suggest that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we're also on all of your favorite podcast clients. We're on Apple iTunes. We're on Google Play Music. We're on Google Podcasts. We're also on Pocket Casts. That's what I use. That's my favorite. Um, so be sure to subscribe. And if you have anything to say, any, any feedback, send a review. Leave a comment on our YouTube channel. We will definitely read it and we'll even take some of those questions that you have in consideration for next week's episode. So thanks again and we'll see you next week. Thank you.